0: Thank you and enjoy today's message.
1: I was so excited, then I nearly arrived 30 seconds early on stage. Hello, welcome to 2019 2020 at Q. <laughs> Clearly on fire tonight. Um, 2020. And um, what we are going to do, as the clip has just said, is we are going to very much take time to go and revisit some things that we covered in 2019 to almost capture everything of our story to date so that as we move into next week we can um look ahead a little bit at our vision for the future all starting from sort of the same page because our minds go a little bit christmasy over christmas don't they as we sort of think about other things um can i just start with a really boring bit of housekeeping (laughs) if you need new parking permit afterwards you can collect them from over there that's an exciting way to start the year isn't it but um, for those of you that do park here um, and like to park here that is available at the end so we are going to start with a song um, and this song is one of the ones that we sang quite a bit last year because it very much ties to um, our understanding of breath and what that means and we will be exploring that a little bit as part of tonight so um, enjoy it's wonderful to all be together again and we hope you have a really enjoyable evening thank you very much
0: okay good afternoon hi so we're going to do a bit of a review of stuff from the past year and we're going to start over here well that kind of rhymed i've got caught it from that guy curiosity killed the cat does anyone remember that It was Easter last year, so we're going back a while. Um, Curiosity killed the cat. What was all that about? It wasn't about our furry four-legged friends. It was about the common atonement theory. Wave your hand in the air if you think you know what the common atonement theory is. There's a line you don't hear at many gigs. Um, Anyone? Okay, so maybe we've got a little bit of reminding to do. So, we watched a video as well about a guy called Paul Young. It was on a Wednesday night, and he's the guy who wrote this book, The Shack. Uh, and he talked through a bit about what this common atonement theory is and why maybe it might not be the greatest news and we might want to get rid of it and replace it with something else. So, curiosity killed the cat. I want to have a look at curiosity first because we are Q Church for a reason. What does our Q stand for? Quest. For, because we are curious people, that's why we're here. We want to find out a little bit more about what life is, how it works, so we can live a better life and live life to the full. Are you with me? Heck, Jen is with me. Excellent. Um, so that's what today is all about. Is saying like, I'm a bit curious to say, could my life be a little bit better than it is at the moment? Can I help other people find some of that? So, killing the cats. What did our curiosity help us kill? Well, the common atonement theory, this guy, Paul Young, he explained it as two different elements. He talked about separation and magic. Does that ring any bells with people? Separation and magic. And he said these two components in religion are always there. So separation, what's all that about? I was having quite a lot of conversation with some family at Christmas about this because this is something that they hold quite true and something I've kind of shifted away from. But the basic idea is this. We are not enough. We are not good enough. We are not perfect enough. We're kind of a little bit awful and because of that we are separated from God or this idea of perfection. And the consequence of that is we kind of deserve to burn in hell forever. woo There's a happy way to start the year. That's kind of this idea that a lot of us are kind of grown up with. Underneath the, the foundation of what church was about was actually this message that you're not really good enough. You're separate from God and something needs to happen to, cha- happen to change that. And so we introduced this idea of magic. So what's the magic? Well, the idea of Easter is that Jesus was the magic. He's this magic potion that you plop into the separation of your life. And because he was perfect and got murdered, his blood atoned for all of our awfulness so that now God can look on us because he couldn't even look on us before. Does that sound like good news to you? It it didn't sound like good news to us, which is why we got curious about it. It's okay, Georgia. So, um, that was one of the things we decided we want to get curious about because maybe there's something better than that. Because I think curiosity has got to help us find something a little bit better than where we are at the moment. Um, I think asking questions like, is that really good news? Is that how it is? Do the things that I do actually separate me from a loving God? Or is a loving God someone who just keeps his love turned on no matter what's going on? Do I actually have to believe that someone was murdered for me in order to receive forgiveness? Or is there a forgiveness that can be given just because love makes no record of wrongs? Okay, we're going to watch a clip in a minute from a movie called Smallfoot. Do you remember Smallfoot? We watched a bit of that this year. Okay, this introduces the idea we also talked about of the untils. Do you remember the untils we covered? Because the yetis believed that until somebody bashed their head against the gong in the morning, the sun would not rise. So until the gong was struck, the sun wouldn't rise. And they believed that because that is the tradition that they'd been handed, it was what was written on the sacred stones and it was their unquestionable laws and beliefs. Um, But then one day something happened. The gong didn't ring, but the sun still rose. And they got curious. What if the sun rises even if I don't ring the gong? What does that tell me about the sun? What does that tell me about the gong? What does it tell me about me? What if I don't need to ring the gong anymore? What does my life mean now? And all these questions came up and... I wonder whether there's some parallels for us tonight because I think we have some untills. And it's not just religion that has these. If you watch the TV, there are all sorts of adverts that are telling you, until you look like this, you are not enough. The sun will not rise in your life until you have enough money, until you have the best job, until you have a partner, until you have kids, until your life looks like this, the sun is not going to rise in my life. And I think we all have these different untills. One thing to take from tonight I think is, we all have those untils, but let's be curious about them because each of us need to have a little curiosity about ourselves sometimes to say, is there some way that I could live more fully by taking apart some of those things that I've been handed so that I can become more free and more alive? Okay, enjoy the clip.
1: We put that slide up because, um One of the things that we did talk about was seasons during last year and how sometimes we can judge one another or ourselves based on just one season rather than seeing um, the whole picture. And another of the key themes that we explored during the year was this quest for the sacred. And we took a look at what sort of sacred meant. And it can be associated quite easily with things being set apart and the idea of separateness that um, Danny's already mentioned. But as we looked closer at the word, what the word sacred actually means is precious. And so we really started thinking about how instead of... um, God and, and this idea of holiness being something out there, sacred to attain to, actually that there's a preciousness about each one of us that is already with us. And that, I mean, we've said for a while since we started Q, um, people are precious. That's been part of that video that we play frequently. And again, you've heard already tonight that the idea that you are precious, that I am precious, that idea that we place a value on ourselves and other people that is actually incredibly um, and just wonderful because it stops it being this angst about getting there and finding it and starts to become more of a conscious awareness of what's already within us. Now one of the key lines that we've heard um, during the year was we don't love or save that which we don't see as precious. So without this sort of revelation of, of just how sacred we are, what will happen is that's what allows us to reject or to shame ourselves and other people or to distance or to separate because actually that's what we're struggling with. We're struggling with being over here, not feeling precious or designating someone to over there because what they've done hasn't been quite right. And if we can grasp the truth of this, we really do find a holiness that links to wholeness for each one of us. So the sacred, the precious, is this. Here and now, in which we reside, all of us breathing the same air, all imbibing the same water, made of the same earth with the same life force flowing through us. All of a sudden, we've each got something special, and we're each part of a whole. And we, we were quite open about the fact that that brings with it its challenges. If I'm the same, am I? Precious. Is preciousness sometimes what we feel when we're set apart and somehow different? Can we find a true preciousness by not just being, um, feeling like a... It's the difference we, we talked about between being a drop in the ocean... And being the whole ocean and part of that whole experience. And it's, I mean, I've listened to a few things from last year whilst preparing for tonight. And it would do you the world of good to listen to those quests for the sacred messages. Because it's really, really quite powerful. So can we see ourselves, others and our world as precious as all sacred parts of a divine ocean? That sounds like much more good news to me. Can we go on a quest to be enlightened, to see things differently, even in the darkness? We explored this in other weeks, how even, even light shines. There is light even in the darkest of places, if you look at it scientifically. Or we can keep up our separate fights, our separate causes, our separate identities. I love that clip where it says, who am I if I'm not the gong ringer? And I get it, I totally get it. Um, do we decide for ourselves what is worthy of love or saving? based on what might be in and out in or out in our old own worldview or do we allow for something bigger and beyond and now it's a big thought and it's a very significant quest but we actually think that it can bring, bring transformation to how we see ourselves to how we see others to what impacts we can have and influence we can have this revelation of an existing oneness with the divine is amazing because it actually switches a light on it stops us needing to attain something outside of ourselves and it helps us to see the thing is with switching the light on sometimes you don't always like what you see but as soon as you can see see it you can move it forward and the one brilliant th- thought that i also really meant a lot to me last year was this idea that um, you know i was raised with it just look to jesus look to jesus and everything will be okay but the problem sometimes with looking to jesus who is the light is that when you in the room in your house when you walk in and switch the light on in a room you don't go in and stare at the light bulb you actually use the light to actually see and experience your surrounding. And Jesus is a light, but he's there to show you and reveal about something about you and the world around you, not to just be stared at for in itself. And I, I love that thought. It really helped me. So we are Christ in all and through all. We live in a God-soaked earth, all infused with divine DNA. It's bigger than we ever thought possible now it's easy to see the sacred the precious in that which we find beautiful Um, it's far more difficult in the things that have become echoes of displeasure or hurt in our lives and we'll remind ourselves of what we talked about in that as we continue tonight thank you
0: okay fab i just want to give you a moment to read the slide before we move on Most of your reactions are echoes from the past. You do not really live in the present. I wonder what that brings to mind for you. When you talk about echoes from the past, what comes into your mind? What do you reckon your echoes are from the past? What are those moments that you have that actually, actually are still echoing in your mind today, or you get to a point where you maybe mess up and fail, and this voice goes, echo, 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 and it's not something that someone's saying now, it's something someone said years ago, it could be a primary school teacher, or your mum and dad when you were four, or could be anything, and maybe a partner or something like that, but I think those words and those echoes still ring in our ears, and I think especially with coming into a new season, I know the whole new year thing, sometimes you can overdo the, I'm going to be a new me in a new year, um, but There has to be a point at some point in our lives if we want to move on to a new adventure like Carl, where something old has to go out and something new has to come in. So it may as well be New Year if you want an excuse to make a new change. So in the movie, Carl had to ditch some stuff that actually was just baggage. It was stuff that he decided that was part of my old life, but for my new life to start, for a new adventure to start, I actually need to ditch some of the weight. And I wonder what that might be for us. I'd, uh, I think if you ever want to move into something new, there's got to be something that you've got to be willing to ditch, isn't there? And Maybe this week, it's, it's hard sometimes when you get up and talk, like, um, because I think everything we do is so, dish, 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 sometimes having a moment to really think, okay, what is that stuff for me? And maybe tonight when you get home, if you get five minutes or two minutes or one minute, however much time you need, just to go, okay, what is that stuff that maybe is holding me up that actually is stopping me going where I need to be? So echoes. I have a question for you. Where do echoes happen the most? Come on, give me some examples. Where do you get echoes? Caves. Caves. Okay, very good. Anywhere else? Empty rooms. Empty rooms. Okay, very good. What did you say? Canyons. Canyons. Very good. I bet if you, anyone been to the Grand Canyon, I bet it's proper echoey there and you can just get those ones that go on forever. But yeah, we talked about how echoes happen the most in hard places. And I think that crosses over for us as well. That actually, sometimes when I do assemblies, sometimes I do a little bit of drama with the kids, and I say, right, trying to explain the concept of a hard heart to a seven-year-old is a weird kind of idea, isn't it? But if you say, like, right, do me the face of what it feels like when you are bitter and unforgiving and hard, and they're all like, and they, they get it. And then you say, okay... Show me what it looks like when you soften your heart and you got that. And I think for all of us, those echoes permeate in our minds, whether it's the thing that your dad said when you were five or the thing that your primary school teacher said or that old boyfriend or girlfriend that said that thing. When we harden inside, sometimes those things actually bounce around even more in our brains. And actually having that moment to be able to soften and say, do you know what? I'm going to trust again. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to be open. Actually, that, can get rid of some of those echoes and give us an opportunity to move on to something new. Okay. I think echoes permeate and they produce different symptoms. And I just want to go over some of the ones that we pointed out this year. In July, we talked about autonomy. Do you remember Anthe talking about the auto-no-me? And I think sometimes when we're just caught up in the voices of the past, we have this automatic no nope, response to anything that's coming into our life. But we talked about saying yes to life, didn't we? And I think if you want anything to start off a new year, the idea of saying yes to opportunities actually opens up a whole load of new doors. The other thing we talked about in September was that our unresolved echoes can make us see the precious soil of our life like dirt. And that might be people in your life that you're just thinking like, Ooh! And we end up seeing people as dirt rather than as soil that actually something great could grow within a relationship. In October, we looked at how the echoes in our past make us hide in a cave of comfort. Do you remember when we talked about the crudes and they hid within a cave of comfort? And it's so easy to do rather than actually stepping out into the light like Jen was saying. And then who remembers Halloween? What was our theme in Halloween? haunted and we talked about how each of us can be like a haunted house and those echoes from the past when they permeate that's what we can become like um but i remember anth talking about how actually the way of moving past that haunting one is just to recognize that we are a haunted house sometimes and then start to think what are the things that i want to get rid of and ditch do you remember talking about shame and guilt this year and i think one one though one of the things that can happen is when voices start bouncing around instead of recognizing guilt for what it is as an opportunity to grow, we start to think about shame, and we think, actually, all of this stuff is who I am. It's not just something that I might have done that needs changing. Okay. Where did I get to? Okay. So just to finish off, if if we said that echoes permeate in hard places, then maybe... We need to have a little softening if we want to get rid of some of those voices from the past. And there was something that we talked about just at the end of the year when we talked about taking a step in the right direction, which was about the how of changing. We talked about honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. And I think there are three, three practical things that if you want to put a step into what does it mean to soften up, I think being honest enough with ourselves to acknowledge what's going on acknowledge what's going on. There's a tongue twister. Uh, Having an openness to say, do you know what, maybe another person's perspective can help me in this. Um, And also a willingness to actually open up maybe to a new relationship, maybe to trust again when actually we've wanted to defend ourselves in the past. So I want to invite the team back up because we are going to sing one last song to finish, which is about voices, and how we each have these voices in our head that say, you are not enough, you are not good enough, you are not the right figure, you don't have enough money, you are not doing enough, but there is another voice that whispers a voice of love to us, and actually if we can open up to hear that voice, then that actually can bring life to us, and a new echo can start.
1: Um, Every week we invite you on a quest. And to some extent, we all have those things in life that make us feel good. And sometimes we're we're asking you to think about things that might actually make you uncomfortable. Um, And we're very grateful that you show up every week and let us do that, because sometimes discomfort is the price we pay to find a deeper, truer, richer meaning to our lives. And we've talked this year about topics such as discomfort over regret. We've talked about... Things like peace over a, sometimes that quest for perfection that can make things just seem insurmountable um, and be a, a barrier to that peace we can find. We've talked about finding patience over frustration, about grace over grit. One of my favorite stories was about the, the monk who was walking with another monk one day he w- and a woman couldn't get across a stream. And so the monk decided to carry her across the stream to help her out. And you weren't supposed to do that as a monk. You weren't supposed to touch um, a female. Um, And so he carries her across the stream, carries on his merry way until he realizes later on that the guy he was with has been so offended by his action that he just can't let it go. And he speaks and says, I can't believe you did that. And the monk says, are you st- still carrying that woman? Because I put her down back there. And it really resonated with me how, how many things like we've heard about tonight can we keep hold of and keep carrying that makes us want to retreat back to our cave when actually there's something brand new out there that would expand our world. There's also um, one of the things we talked about, and it was we had such interesting conversation about it, was a movie clip we watched about Cotton Candy. Some of you will remember it because um, someone did something wrong and the dad and hurt these children and the dad then decided to show grace to the sort of villains of the peace um, and then we had to have really think about um, who gets grace, who gets forgiveness. If I forgive someone over here but they've wronged someone over there, how does that person feel about me forgiving them? These are brilliant conversations that we have because it's rubber hits the road stuff. It's the things we have to genuinely navigate in life and, and overcome in life to find those places where we can truly um, be the best versions of ourselves, be as enlightened as we can be and see preciousness in it all and Self acceptance, we heard, is refusing to live in an adversarial relationship with yourself. And one of the themes that we hope you've heard tonight is that as we realize who we are and the stuff that we are made of, and find that way to love ourselves as much as we would love the person in our life who we love the most, what we start to realize is we don't have to be the enemy of ourselves. We can actually find a grace that then extends to those around us. Now, we're going to replay a song to finish as our last item um, and we again we watched it last year and it's the uh, the song from the lion king the, the stage version and the first line is night and the spirit of calling mamela mamala mamela mamela and that word actually means listen and we one of the other things we visited last year was trusting the inner nudges that bit of us that sometimes deep on the inside just says that way or hear this that bit of us that calls to us to to go beyond and take that step that we've heard about. Um, It seems to signal the direction beyond the noise of sometimes that drowns our ears to something inner and true and life-giving. And so we do believe that he lives in you. I believe he lives in me, that divine DNA. And will we hear the nudges and out of those nudges keep being a glorious whole, walking one another home, home to an understanding of all that we already are, not separate, but most precious. And one of the things that has echoed all year for us is that there might be all sorts of stuff that we can't understand or might be going on, but three things remain, faith hope and love and we hold to those we believe in those and we believe in the awesome power of transformation and we are very very excited about continuing on that quest into 2020 and we hope we've reminded you um of all that's good about that and that you want to keep going this year um, on that quest with us. So let this song um, sit in your heart, let it be a reminder to you, and we hope that this will create a brilliant echo for you tonight. Um, And thank you very much for being with us.
0: Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast.